What's up, you guys? I wanted to share a little bit about how I scaffolded the writing assessment for my novice level students. I want to instill a sense of confidence and a feeling of success in my students, especially when they are novices, so that they have the desire to continue on and improving their writing and growing as writers and feeling like they are capable to do so. First, I'm going to give you some tips on how to scaffold writing for your students in general, and then I'm going to walk you through an example of the writing assessment I did this past week with my sixth graders that was super successful, and I felt really good seeing them write and seeing their focus, and they felt really good after they were finished with it. So some of my general tips for scaffolding students' writing is, number one, they need to be reading in the target language. So whether that is you reading texts that you have created as a class before, or you finding reading materials for students to read on their own during free choice reading time, Um, if you're not sure how to set that up, I I do have another podcast episode about setting up free choice reading. Or um, if you bring in text to display as a class um, or to display on the projector or on your screens um, that you work through together or they work through in partners, whatever it is, they need to be reading in the target language. For novice level students, I would recommend bringing them text that you have created together. So one of the ways to model writing for students is to do a shared writing, like a write and discuss, every single day. For more information on write and discuss, you can... Um, check out my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Caitlin Leppert. And I have many examples of videos of me doing write and discuss with my classes. You can see exactly what it looks like. But I would do a shared writing with your class every single day so that they can see how that writing in the target language is supposed to look. Is to... um, The second tip I have for writing with your classes is to just continuously model what good writing looks like. So don't pick on students if they write or say something that's not correct or accurate, but instead um, you can re-give them that information in the target language in a way that is correct, or you can rewrite it, or you can share it or recycle it in a different way. So if a student gives me an answer and they don't quite have um, the wording correctly, I will maybe, if we're writing it together, I will write it on the board with the correct info, and then they'll go, oh, and they'll just make a natural connection in their brain that that's how it's supposed to look. Um, Another thing, I would recommend giving them an opportunity to either take notes or use graphic organizers when you're giving them input um, during class, and then you can utilize those notes that they have to kind of go over together and make notes together, like shared note-taking almost, um, where you might create like columns of like, these are phrases I use to describe people in the past, these are what I use to describe in the present, or these are physical characteristics or external characteristics, and these are internal characteristics. And the students like take notes while you're speaking to them. And then at the end, you come together and kind of gather your, your information together so you all have the same notes as well. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about this super exciting event that's coming up. And best part of all, it's 100% free if you want it to be. It's called the World Language Teacher Summit. And yours truly, myself, Caitlin Leppert, preaching to a choir here. I am presenting, I think, my favorite presentation I've done so far in my career, which is called Scaffolding Writing for Novice Learners. Basically, I'm going to take you through how to build your students' confidence 
through a strategy called write and discuss by modeling the writing you eventually want them to output and by utilizing graphic organizers during class and as a preparation tool for any kind of a writing assessment. I think it's super useful and applicable and it will make your students feel more confident, become stronger writers and make you feel maybe stronger about teaching them how to write in a way that is not overwhelming and keeps their effective filter low. So I would highly encourage you to check it out. The World Language Teacher Summit starts on October 5th. My presentation goes live on October 7th, and it will be available for free for 48 hours. You also get access to a free playbook, which has a ton of information in it, and you can upgrade to an all-access pass for the presentations for $47. That gives you unlimited time to watch the presentations. There's at least four or five per day. Some days even have six, seven, or eight presentations all by diverse world language teachers from around the country and possibly even the world. And the playbook will also get you access to a virtual goodie bag, extra freebies from the presenters, the slideshows, all of the resources and information you could possibly want. So I would love for you to check out and register for free for the conference. You can always decide to upgrade later if that's something that you need or are interested in. And you can find that link at linktr dot ee slash preaching to acquire the name of my podcast it's also shared in my twitter page which is at caitlin leppert it's shared on my instagram at preaching to acquire and it's on my facebook page preaching to acquire by caitlin leppert i would love for you to utilize my link to sign up that shows the creators of this conference that i'm the one who sent you there and it also will if you decide to purchase anything it will donate a portion of the proceeds to me um, for, my, for my getting you to the conference and bringing you there as a thank you. So check it out. I'd love to hear what you think after the conference is over, and I hope you enjoy this next episode. Now I'm going to share the exact steps that I took to scaffold my students' writing for their writing assessments that they took this past week. So we've been working for many weeks on a cycle or a unit focused on description from the Curriculum Club, from Tina Hargaden's Curriculum Club um, that's based off of her book, Stepping Stones, Year One and Beyond. And we've been working on describing setting, and we've also working on describing preferences, so likes, dislikes, things like that, and also internal and external characteristics. So we had previously created individual characters, and the students had drawn those and written the details on the back in English. Then I took the pictures of my favorite characters and put those into a slideshow. And I basically did a picture talk uh, with those with their images based off of the information they had given me. So I did this in the target language. And as we were, as I was speaking to them, I asked them to make a column, like a grid in their notebooks. And the grid had the column titles as in the target language, though, what is it? External characteristics, personality or internal characteristics, other information. And as I was speaking to them, I told them, I said, I want you to try to write down one piece of information in each column. And I said, you can write it in Spanish or you can write it in English, but leave some space because we're going to come back and we're going to add to our notes and make sure we have 
all the important information when we're done. So what I did is I went through and I picture talked. I described the different characters, shared maybe their likes or dislikes or their jobs and different things like that. And at the end, I put this grid up on the board and then I had the students give me information and fill in the notes or the facts about each character. So we had maybe, what is it? It's a pencil. Okay, external characteristics. It's tall and strong. Internal characteristics. It's angry and sad. And then other information. Its job is cutting ribbon. It doesn't like Christmas time because it has to work too much. So that might be... Sorry, I think I said it was a pencil. That character was definitely a scissors that I'm remembering, but it had a pet, and its pet was a pencil named Sharpie, by the way, just in case you were wondering. These are the things sixth graders come up with, okay? Not my ideas. Don't blame me. So we filled in all of our notes, and the students were copying the notes down as well that they had, and it was just a way of kind of almost creating a vocabulary list, but not creating vocabulary list because I'm not going to be holding them accountable for knowing all of these words and phrases by the end of the unit because that's not how language acquisition works. But yet it still felt more structured and more school-like and it gave them something physical that they can look back at in their notebooks. So after we did that, what I did was I created a grid on a spreadsheet of information where we can store, where we could store the information about all of the characters. And then I also was able to post this grid And I had the same column titles as they do in their notes. I was also able to post this grid in Google Classroom so the students had access to that as well so they could look it over if they wanted to. So that's what we had done in class time. Now, it was the day of the writing assessment. Actually, I lied. It was the day before the writing assessment. The preparation day for the writing assessment. And so what I did was I pulled up one of the characters that we had talked about, but that I wasn't going to give them an option to write about. And I made sure that we had the notes on the different character. And so there was a lot of English being spoken in this lesson because I'm teaching them how to write. And that's something that for novices, me explaining that in Spanish is going to create more confusion. And if I feel like, you know, maybe a half a class using English in order to instill in them the expectations, teach them how to do this writing so they'll feel good and it will build success and make them want to continue with Spanish is is well-placed English and it's well-used in my opinion. Um, And I know others might disagree with me, but that's, there you have it. Um, So basically, we had all the notes up on the board about this one character. And then I actually, we wrote an example paragraph together. So I said, okay, what might be a good topic sentence we could say in Spanish about um, the pumpkin that we have here? And the students were to tell me, you know, hay una calabaza, there is a pumpkin. I was like, okay, can we add anything else in there? Or maybe use an adjective? And so they're like, hay una calabaza interesante. There's an interesting pumpkin. I was like, great, period. Okay, wrote that up on the board. Then I said, now we can start sharing more details about the pumpkin. And so then I, you know, I was like, what could we say? And they're like, la calabaza es. And I was like, well, you guys, in Spanish, we don't have to keep repeating the same subject. We can just start with es. So they're learning pieces of the grammar and how Spanish works through this process as well. So I was like, because it is, is kind of built into the verb. So I was like, S, and they're like, bajo, short. And I was like, can we add anything else to the sentence besides just saying 
it is short, period. I was like, oh, yeah, what about those other characteristics that we had on our notes that are like external characteristics? Oh, yeah, it's short and strong. Great, period. Now, can we say it's internal characteristics or it's personality? And so they were like, S. And I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is there a, you know, a transition word that we can make to make these sentences flow together better instead of saying it is this, it is this? I was like, can you guys think of a word in English? They're like, also, and I was like, yes, tambien, s, you know, it is, and whatever the internal characteristics was, sad and uh, kind. And then I was like, okay, let's throw in some of these other pieces of information. Then they're like, okay, le gusta beber leche. And I was like, oh, okay, so this pumpkin likes to drink milk. Wait, we also know the pumpkin doesn't like to drink milk. Is there any, or doesn't like to drink water? Is there a way we can put that into the same sentence? And I'm having this conversation in English because remember, this is scaffolding for novices. So they don't have all this in Spanish. And I'm trying to build their confidence and inspire success, okay? Because some of these kids, they're sixth graders, they don't know how to write a paragraph in English. And so I'm building their literacy in a second language at the same time as building their literacy in English when I'm having these conversations. And I find that that's completely worthwhile. You know, so I'm like, okay, likes to drink milk, doesn't like to drink water. Oh, we can use the word but. And then they all laugh because, you know, they're sixth graders. So, le gusta beber leche, pero no le gusta beber agua. All right, awesome. We included all these pieces of information. How can we summarize this? You know, and then... They said something again, like the pumpkin is fantastic or whatever it is, how we summarized it up. So, and then I had them all copy this example paragraph down on the back of a note sheet that I was going to let them use during this writing. Because you might not agree with me, but in English language arts classes, students are allowed to use resources often when they're writing texts, when they're writing an essay or writing a paper about a book. And so I don't feel that's a bad thing to sometimes allow our students in our target language to use resources on their writing. Now, I don't let students pre-write a paragraph and then just copy it down in class, but if they have their information in notes or in a graphic organizer or something that I've approved or that we created together, I'm not opposed to that from time to time because it's just a different type of assessment. It's a valid assessment. It's just not a fluency right necessarily because it's not timed and just going straight from their brain. But it is a valid assessment at the same time. So then on the other side of this note page, I have basically used Tina Hargadon's Boxes and Bullets graphic organizer that she created. It's super simple. It has a little box for like a topic and then it has four bullet points underneath for details. And there's four of those on a piece of paper. So I displayed pictures on our screen. It's like an interactive touchboard. I displayed six of the different characters we had talked about because giving students choice is important. I displayed six of these characters and I said, okay, I want you to get together with a partner and using the notes that we took in class on these characters, because these are ones we've already talked about. They're familiar to them. I want you to jot down information in Spanish on this note sheet that you want to remember to talk about when you are writing about these characters. And you can pick whichever four characters you want. So 
I gave them like 10 or 15 minutes to work with a partner and some students chose to use their work time wisely. Some didn't. Um, but those students who really want to do well and want to improve their writing, I noticed were extremely engaged in this. And so basically we, you know, then they had filled in, like if we were using the scissors that I was talking about before, they put in the box, um, Juju Las Tijeras. That was because Juju is the name of the scissors. And then underneath it, they may have put Alto as one, tall. They may have put Fuerte, strong. They may have put um, No Le Gusta Navidad, doesn't like Christmas. And then they might have put one other piece of information about the scissors on there. After the students filled in the graphic organizers with their partners, then we came back together. And so, again, they have one side of a piece of paper. That's the graphic organizer with details about each character. And then on the back side, they have our example paragraph. I said, okay, I want to give you guys some extra words to make you, like, sound smarter when you're writing, okay? So we're going to write sounding smarter on here, and I'm going to give you five phrases or six phrases that you can try to use in your writing that will make you sound smarter. Because I know that some of these students are ready to make their writing more advanced and start using transitions and connecting words. So I gave them and, but, and or. And then I gave them also, in addition. And I think that was it. I gave them like those five phrases. And then I think I gave them because. So and, but, or, because. And then also and in addition. I don't want to overwhelm them with words to use. But they're like, yeah, I want to sound smarter. So they're going to try to use them in their writing. And so then I explained to the students. I said, okay, clear everything off except for your note sheet, your pencil, and your lined piece of paper. And then I explained to them, you're going to write for 10 minutes. And you're going to describe the characters in as much detail as possible. But here's how you're going to be graded. You're going to be graded because this is one of their first real writing assessments that they've done for me at all. I want to build that confidence, so I want to grade them in a way they're going to find success in and they're all capable of meeting my expectations. So here's how you're going to be graded. You're going to be graded on your habits of being a strong writer. Now, Tina Hargaden has an actual rubric. That's the Habits of Strong Writers rubric, but I didn't want to pull that out yet for them, so I gave them two qualifications. I said, number one, you need to write in Spanish, and they laughed. They're like, duh, and I'm like, no, no. No, no, I don't want any English words popping up in your writing unless it's a proper noun. So I said, if you can't think of the sentence or phrase in your head in Spanish before you write it on your paper, you can't use it. You have to write in Spanish. That's my qualification number one. Qualification number two, you have to write for the whole 10 minutes. Can't stop. You can't stop writing. You have to keep going. So I said, what happens if you only write about two of the characters that you prepared for during that 10 minutes? Is that okay? Some of them are like, yeah. Some of them are like, no. And I'm like, yeah, that's totally fine. Because as long as you wrote in Spanish and you worked for the whole 10 minutes, you're going to get an A. What if you run out and you already wrote about all four characters you took notes on? What can you do? And they're like, Describe more of the characters on the screen because I had six pictures up there. And I said, yes, you can describe more characters on the screen. I said, guess what? You may not remember all the details about those characters. I maybe don't remember all the details about those characters. You could make some things up that you know how to say in Spanish. I won't know the difference. I tell it to him like it's a big secret. And we also have one word images up around the classroom. And I said, you could even describe those. 
but you need to write in Spanish for 10 minutes and then you will get an A. And the kids are like, okay, we're ready to go. We can do this. They're like all pumped up, right? And so then I start the timer and every few minutes as they're writing, I, sometimes I, I walk around, but I also don't want to make them nervous. So sometimes just hang out in the back or in the front of the room, wherever your spot normally is. And I just tell the kids, wow, you guys are so focused and you're working so hard. Keep it up. Keep going. You can do this. And I just encourage them and speak life into them, even if they only have two sentences written down, because I want them to feel confident and feel successful. So then when time is up, I say stop. And I'm like, it's okay if you're in the middle of a sentence. I don't mind. It's not a big deal. It's okay if you only talked about one character, as long as you did your best work. And so then I collect their writing in their note sheet. And then the next day, we actually do some self-reflecting on their assessments. And so we had a writing at the very beginning of the year. It was our very first one. And it was about describing places. And it was very challenging for a lot of them. And they did not do well because we had only been in school for a few weeks. Um, We hadn't written a ton together. And so they set a goal back like four or five weeks ago to reach a new performance level based on the actful performance descriptors. And I actually had some students surpass their goal. Like they beat it in five weeks. So like they might have been intermediate or novice high on their first writing assessment And they put intermediate low as their goal. And they actually hit intermediate mid on this one with the support of the notes. Now, that performance may not be able to be sustained in every performance they do of writing. But for this performance with that scaffolding, they were able to find that success. They like audibly gasped, kids did, when they saw how well they did versus the first writing they did. And they were super pumped and proud of themselves. And I'm super pumped and proud for them. And so I found it worthwhile to spend this time to build their confidence and build their success. And now next time, they kind of already have an idea of, oh, this is what strong writers do. And I'm going to remind them of these things. And we're going to spend less time preparing. But I will remind, remember when we did this, remember when we did that, how those things helped you. And that's the kind of mindset I want them to have going in, knowing what helps them and what makes them write more in their writing. And so I would highly recommend um, that you are grading them in a way where they are going to feel successful, especially for novices, because we want them to want to continue to write and produce and communicate in the target language, because that's the goal of writing in the first place.